Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about one hometown date, a little bit of men tell all, advertorial spots for Virgin Voyages and the upcoming feature film Bros and bloopers. Um, technically, this was the Men Tell All episode of Gabby and Rachel's joint Bachelorette season, but it ended up being just a grab bag of everything they haven't been able to fit into the other episodes. So there's a lot to try to wrangle in this episode. Emma is frolicking through Europe right now. She will not be here today, but don't worry. I am joined today to talk through this bulging bag of an episode by friend of the pod, Emmy Award-winning writer for Last Week Tonight and incredible Vulture Bachelor recapper, Allie Barthwell. Allie, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Oof, what an episode. <laughs> I know. When I, I always like feel a little bad when someone ends up having to recap Mental All because normally there's so much screaming. Um not that much screaming, but I don't know if it was an improvement. A lot of listening and like learning and growing. I a think. lot of learning. <laughs> yeah. A lot of just really taking things to heart and nodding and like taking each other as role models. So very wholesome, super boring. Um, but we start live on the soundstage. We're here with a full audience on the set. But first, some unfinished business because we forgot to show Rachel's hometown with Avon last week. Um, this is so still... rude. <laughs> <laughs> they truly were just like, sorry, we forgot about Avon. Can we just squeeze you in here? I like... would have preferred if they had a Gabby hometown episode and a Rachel hometown episode and just done it in two nights. Like each yeah. episode had enough drama to sustain it. That now yeah. we have to punt one person to the top of the Mintel all. Yeah, they tried to fit it all into one bag and then there was too much and it got really messy and it was slipping out of the top. 
they were like, we'll just close this bag off and we'll get a tiny little bag <laughs> for the last little bit. It's not like well thought through portion portioning no, here. Not at all. Um, and so Avon truly does feel like an afterthought. Um, it doesn't fit in with the material of this episode at all. Um, and it it is in Salem, Massachusetts. So of course. It is witchcraft themed. Jesse tries to make a lot of jokes during this live special that don't land. It's, and it's this spooky is... season. We're out <laughs> here in spooky season for Avon. Oh, poor Jesse is like, I'm not going to give anything away, but here's a hint. It's cursed. And everyone's <laughs> like, what? Um, he just means that they're in Salem. Yeah. <laughs> they are in the kitsch tourist witchcraft capital of the world. And yeah, the spooky Halloween music is playing. There were a lot of dramatic thunks and like (laughs) (laughs) jump scares. (laughs) And I've never been to Salem. Have you ever been to Salem? I've never been to Salem, but I did go to school in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And so when I was watching the episode with my boyfriend and when he first heard the woman that was the love witch of Salem speak, he like (laughs) he was like, where is this person from? I've lost my mind. Oh my God. And I was like, no, no, this is just a Massachusetts accent. Like we're okay. We're, we're comfortable here. (laughs) I felt like I was watching like a Ben Affleck movie or something. I was like, this is the most intense, like Massachusetts. The second she was like, welcome welcome to my shop. I was like, we're we're in, we're good. We're in. (laughs) Uh, This is just like apparently a town where every business is witchcraft themed. There is a witch museum. There are just witchcraft shops up and down the street where you can buy crystals and candles. And Rachel is wearing her swingy little green dress and a drapey coat uh, and looking pretty cute. I think this is one of her better looks. Um, And they meet downtown. They do their sort of standing hug jump that they must do because it's hometowns. And she's nervous. She's She's terrified. (laughs) She is lost everything she has had to crawl through the fire and she's so scared i got really confused this episode because obviously we see this one last i saw like a clip of reality steve Mm -hmm. drifting around saying that this was actually filmed first oh and so in that case they did a bunch of pickups to have her pretend that this was last (laughs) because she's like after what happened with Tino, I'm so nervous that Avon's family won't accept me. But then later she does say to Avon's parents that there are still three guys left. Which right. suggests that she hasn't three That's other true. guys left. That yeah. she hasn't yet sent Tyler home. So I'm completely at sea about the timeline here. But she has good reason to be worried. Also, she sits by the water with him and she's like, I'm so nervous for tonight. And he's like, why? And she's like, you told me your parents always <laughs> hate your girlfriends. Do you remember that? Your parents always hate your girlfriend. They've never been in a room together. Neither parent has ever, like, both parents have never met one girlfriend. When The yeah. second that they, he said, my parents haven't been in the same room since I graduated college, like, five or six years ago. I was like, no, get out of there. No. Abort. This is not the mission. <laughs> and he's like, I don't understand why any of this would concern you. Like, yes, truly, my parents have not been able to speak to each other for seven years. And... No, they've never liked my girlfriends, but don't like think about that. Yeah. Don't let that I, affect how you feel. It seems like the men are not aware of like how their families and their parents come <laughs> off at all. And they're just sort of like, well, I like her. So my parents would like with no 
preparation for <laughs> Rachel or Rachel or Gabby. Like no one's helping anybody out. <laughs> he he also is like, well, she's like, well, you told me that your parents didn't approve of either of your exes. And he's like, well, not both of them. Like one of them liked each of my exes. <laughs> so honestly, like how bad could that be? Right. Uh, he's like, I want you to be excited. I want you to go in there not worrying about that. I'm like, well, you should have thought of that before right. you told her about all this. <laughs> um, but it's good for Rachel to be prepared. Avon doesn't seem prepared, but Rachel understands the stakes here. She's ready to put in the best performance she possibly can. And they first have a day date where they go, as we mentioned, into a witchcraft-themed local small business. And meet the most Massachusetts witch <laughs> that has ever existed. <laughs> this woman, I, I was like, what am I watching? They, they head into the shop called Crowhaven Corner Incorporated, Salem's first witch shop and purveyor to witches around the world. And they're greeted by a woman named Lorelai, who... Before I even noticed the accent, I was like, this is a Dolly Parton type, like platinum, very like have heavy makeup, like truly could be performing in a Dolly Parton. Right. And a woman that like says trinkets, like she has trinkets, (laughs) she owns trinkets, she believes in the power of a trinket. Like this is a spooky trinket, trinket based (laughs) woman. (laughs) What is witchcraft if not just like trinkets? Right. Honestly. (laughs) She's like, I'm the love witch of Salem, and it would be my pleasure to do a love spell for you. I'm not even going to try the Boston accent. It was no, way beyond I, I, my there's capabilities. Certain words, I can't like do it for like an extended period of time, but there's like <laughs> entry point words, be like, shop, spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can get there. <laughs> Are you a co-op? Like, you need a good round O sound and like a P right before, right after. And you can really get in there. Yeah, she hit one of those words. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is the Boston witch. It's not. And sh- I think she's also putting on like a little bit of an affectation of like, hello, I'm the love witch. Like she has <laughs> some other energy. So that also made my boyfriend be like, I don't know where the ground is. I'm upside down <laughs> with this woman. But I was like, just relax. She likes trinkets. She's from Western Mass. We can get through this. <laughs> This is an incredible uh, scene, especially when we get to the um, <laughs> the love <sorry>. spell, <laughs> the love spell, which I was going to try to perform. But instead, I think that we should just listen to a clip. In honor of both of you today, I ask for love and light and the correct love for both of you and to have a wonderful, beautiful, magical night. Wow. See you. Whoa. This accent is supposed to be directing traffic at Boston Logan (laughs) Airport. Like, this is not for a love spell. Exactly. I want to keep this lane clear. Keep it moving. Like, that's what this should be. (laughs) She's out here debunking the idea that being a witch is all about, like, witchy murmurs and like Mm -hmm. it's just like nope nope you want to order sandwich you're gonna come right down here right nope no you you it's your turn like that is definitely the vibe and rachel and avon are just like no this is the most spooky experience of our lives this is incredible she is she is wishing us she is magicking us into having a wonderful, beautiful. Also, yeah, this sounds just exactly like something that anyone in any segment of a Bachelor show would say. There's nothing right. that sets this spell apart. 
from just an old couple that you meet on the street on a bachelor date. Right. Who would also wish you to have a wonderful, beautiful, magical night full of love. And like, I don't know if you've ever gotten like your cards read or done numerology or anything. Uh, I like that kind of stuff anyway. And like when I was a kid, I would like read books on it. But when you're when you realize that like everything is just sort of like generic enough, but somehow specific that it like applies to anyone. Like I remember I had like a palm reading book that I got at like the Scholastic Book Fair. And one of the characteristics of a certain marking was like, you don't like spicy food. And it's just like, (laughs) okay, that's like half of all people. (laughs) Yeah, that's you're going to have a high hit rate with. And if they don't hit, they're just like, well, no reading is totally perfect. Right. Everything else like tick the boxes. (laughs) Maybe there's some other spicy thing that I don't like that that is trying to express. Right. Yeah. It's just like a metaphorical (laughs) spiciness. Right. Like I don't like drama. right? Right. So in a way, it's accurate. Uh, yeah, she also, uh, she fully does that as well. She lays her like bejeweled hand. She's got like a giant bejeweled butterfly ring on. She lays her hands on theirs and reads their hearts. And in Avon, she reads a lot of nerves and shyness, but also passion and says he needs <laughs> to open up more. And then Rachel, she's like, you're a giver, but you need clarity. And I'm like, so you know that Rachel is the lead and, and that he is the contestant. <laughs> so that's all of them. Right. And that he is a... <laughs> heterosexual man that is probably not good with expressing himself if we're being stereotypical and as the woman she gives a lot in the relationship like again just just specific enough yeah they're both like whoa I can't believe how well she is picking up on her energies here and after Lorelai you know she says the spell she tosses powders very in a very business like way into the candle flames she's like all right well i'll leave you to it you two have a lovely night she starts to leave she hits the table all the components of the love spell crash to the floor and rachel rescues the candle which is still burning she's like i saved the candle like is it okay or yeah. is that a bad sign no one ever answers her question right Lorelai is not like, oh, no, it's fine. I also Seems thought, like it's a bad sign. Because it was in the commercials in the previews so much. <laughs> I thought this was like a bit like it was like, yeah. a set, like it was a prank by the witch. And that. Yeah. She'd be like, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and like, go back <laughs> and redo it or something. But no, right. she just was her one of her many scarves. Her fringe skirt got caught on something. Yeah. As someone who once knocked over a milkshake at Ed DeBevick's with my giant <laughs> winter coat, I know how she feels. You're like, I've really humiliated myself in public here and I'm just going to get out of here right. as quickly as possible. <laughs> uh, she just like cleans the table up and is like, all right, bye. And Rachel's like, OK, well, this is not this is not good. Let's pray for tonight. Yeah. I was like, Rachel, you've already gone all in on the witchcraft system here. You can't just suddenly go for prayer. You know, right. God's not going to be happy <laughs> that you are trying to do a spell. You're going pagan or monotheistic. <laughs> we cannot do both. Just be like, I'd like to pray to the Lord to help me because my witchcraft pr- spell did not go well. Um, and so we head back for a quick interstitial. Jesse is like teasing revelations from the men tell all. And he's like, is Hayden even here? We see a trailer door on his name with his name on it. And at that point, I was like, Hayden's he's not, not, not there. there. This is the first sign that this is going to be a huge letdown of a mental all. Yeah. Because no one wanted to come. <laughs> but first, 
Avon's family. The camera lingers on a full moon in the sky. I assume it's just always a full moon in Salem. And right. If you're going to have witchy stuff going on, you always need a full moon. Yeah. For tourism purposes, I think you have to pass that (laughs) local legislation. They meet his mom, Dawn, and his dad, Arthur, uh, in Turner's Seafood Restaurant. They head upstairs to a private dining setup. Uh, for the four of them, I guess they had to meet on neutral ground. Yeah, this definitely <laughs> said one of them said they're not allowed in my home. <laughs> and the other one said, well, then they're not allowed in my home. either." Right. I made that mistake once in 1997 and we're not doing it again. <laughs> uh, his his uh, mom and dad are, however, matching like they are mm-hmm. both wearing dark red. You which can't go wrong with a jewel tone. I mean, <laughs> I mean, on some level, I was like, did they decide to really show they're on the same team for Avon or did they both show up? Fuck, again, Uh, they both actually seem pretty chill. Like the Mm -hmm. energy is very gentle, very welcoming. His mom is very friendly. She's like, Rachel, we're so excited to meet you and welcome you. Arthur seems a little more skeptical. Um, But as they sit down, Avon tells his parents that he knew there was a connection with Rachel within 10 seconds of meeting her. (laughs) She was so, he goes, she was so cool. Yeah. I mean, how could you not just feel a connection with Rachel within 10 seconds and or two weeks or a month, you know, all different ways of feeling a connection right away. And Arthur takes Rachel aside to the bar to grill her a little bit on how this relationship would transition to the real world. And he asks her what attracts her to Avon. And this is not the, an answer that particularly impressed me. No. And I think it's hard because we haven't seen that much of Avon really to know what she would identify about him. And I think like for some of the, for like Tino, she has like this very passionate sort of connection and like, with Gabby, with Johnny, it's this like laid back, fun, kind of goofy connection. So you can kind but we, I feel like we just haven't gotten enough almost of any guy except for like maybe Tino to know anything about their personality. So for Rachel to be like, it's something indescribable. I can't even <laughs> explain it. It's incredible. You're like, no, just give me one fact of like, we both yeah. really like squash. Like, and we loved, we were planning <laughs> on going to play squash when we get out of here. Like, you got to give me something. That's racket sports or something you can really build a life around. But can you build a life around there's something about him I can't describe? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, even with Tino, she was like, he donates blood a lot just because <laughs> there's a shortage. She came with like a little, a little prepared fact about Tino. And with Avon, she's just like, well, but I do think that Rachel is, she's a little younger than Gabby. Mm-hmm. And I truly think she is at the stage of her life where she's just like, I met a guy and around him, I feel great. Yes. I'm like, what else do you really need to know? Like, yeah. that's, that's the quality he has. I feel great when I'm with him. Isn't that the most important thing? That's definitely how I approached it when I was in my <laughs> early to mid 20s. And she's like, we have a lot in common in terms of family and the lives we want in the future. So he's like, yes, the future. Have you talked about that? And she's like, yes, we talked about having a family, what it would look like with our jobs. And it's very serious for me when I get engaged. That's it for me. 
And I know Avon feels the same. They all say this. Right. You and gotta again, say it. This is another thing that I, they're like, our jobs would be compatible. It's like, what is his job? Like, what does he do? Like, that's a great question. I forget I, what Avon does. I would love if she was like, <laughs> his job can move. My job can move. Like we want to find somewhere that we both would want to be, you know, or like we want to, cause you know, there've been talk, there's been talk like that before, but again, yeah, I think it is. You're in that mid twenties phase where you're just like, everything will work out if we decide it will. Oh yeah. That's actually still how I approach every decision in my life. And it's <laughs> really healthy. He is a sales executive, which can mean a lot of different things. Um, but I would have loved to hear more details about how that was going to work. Arthur, though, is pretty mollified. He's like, they're, I was skeptical, but they're having the right conversations. It seems like they're taking this seriously. He asks if she really sees a future with Aben, and she's like, well, I can't like commit yet 100%. But yeah, I see a future with him. Sure. Yeah, my feelings are strong. <laughs> yeah. And real for him and different from the feelings for the other guys, for sure. So Dawn talks to Rachel and she actually directly is like, can you compare your relationship to Avon to your relationships with the other three guys? And Rachel does not answer that question, which I wouldn't either. And I, but I feel like you can answer the question without <laughs> like to commit saying he's going to win. To be like, yeah, with, with, and you just talk about how you feel with Avon to be like, yeah, it, it's calming. It feels romantic. It feels whatever. And I think she's also a little more prepared. Ra Rachel's a little more prepared going into this to be like, I just have my it seemed like her answers were a little like more put together of like, we'll see. And it's powerful and I don't know where it's going, but it's OK. <laughs> and then maybe if this was filmed first, that she unraveled after this point getting the same question and almost like mm -hmm. that same tenor of like it's a fantasy you're just traveling around and going to beautiful hotels who wouldn't fall in love you know yeah I think that she it's entirely possible that she just prepared these sort of basic answers for all of them and then not everyone was as receptive <laughs> and she just didn't know what to do I mean, she doesn't really answer. She's just like, yeah, I feel really strongly for him. He's so special. I wouldn't involve family if I didn't see a future with him. And that, yeah, it doesn't in any way say what is different about their relationship. And I wonder if on to some degree also Rachel felt so burned by Clayton and and how special he made her feel that she is hesitant to to do too much almost yeah, in these to conversations. Yeah, to overpromise to Right. cuz he met her family. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and knowing And that he feeling, said the way that he was with her family made me think he was going to pick her. Yeah, I thought she was final one too. Yeah. And so maybe she is sort of like I have to really tone it back and be pretty reserved with these families and some families respond to that. And some families do not respond to that <laughs> at all. And some families would not respond to anything she said because they're just there to cause chaos. <laughs> uh, so Don and Arthur both seem really happy with how this has gone. Don is like the way that Avon is with you, how affectionate he is with you. That, that really touched me. Arthur tells Avon that his conversation with Rachel went super well and he was impressed 
with her answers. And he ends up saying like, I like her. I hope it works out. She's welcome to the family. And like she's says, not the blessing. He says, don't stop fighting for yeah. what you have. Like that's a great, yeah. a great sort of do what you want, follow your heart. <laughs> but again, like the hope it works out, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm not expecting her to come back per se, but it would be great. Like she seems like she'd be a, a good person to have around. And he asks also Avon if he's ready for engagement. And Avon says that basically, like, if she picks me in the end and that, then I'll be ready because I just the only thing I'm waiting for is the validation that she's picking me back, which is smart. Like, yeah, you know, I think you see a lot of the guys that end up in the second or third place. They're sort of reeling from like, I got to the point where I could propose and I have to like balance myself out after that. But saying, you know, if we get here, if she tells me something that really gives me that clue, then I can start trying to get ready. And I think if you look at what is going on on Gabby's side and with Gabby's men in the previews, it seems like they're not even getting to that point where they're like, I need the validation to get ready. They're just like, I'm not I'm not ready. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Like, (laughs) how did I get here? (laughs) I've never heard of this television program. They took my passport. Please help. (laughs) They have been known to do that. Uh, So both the parents are approved. Avon is thrilled. They get a private moment and he's like beaming. He's like seeing the look on my parents' face. They see how happy I am with you. And it's time for me to tell you that I'm falling in love with you. Rachel is overjoyed. And she gives him a little. She's like, you've been so slow to open up, obviously. (laughs) So... This is really great. I'm very excited to finally hear how you feel. And she kisses him. And she tells the camera, but not him. I do feel like I'm falling in love with him. She yeah. told Tino direct. She, she told Tino she was falling in love with him. So Because all three of her guys spot. are either falling in love or in love, right? Zach um, said yeah. he, was in, he was in love or falling in love. Tino yeah, said even, it. Even and is so, the farthest behind. Right. He's not hitting those marks. (laughs) But I mean, also saying like this could be my happy ending. I don't know if that's like from somewhere else, but right. It she does sort of see him in this like Prince Charming kind of way that all the language around him is very romantic and very uh, almost fairy tale like. And so I wonder, you know, you get down to your final two and you say, do you have the like Prince Charming and a bad boy? And it's <laughs> Avon and, yeah. and Tino or does Avon Who would have get... <laughs> guessed that T- Tino would end up being a bad boy from his from his first episode? Right. Or, you know, does she. But he is. Is, is Avon just too far behind? I mean, I, I yeah. really like Avon. I think he seems like a very calming, nice presence. So, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for him still. I really like Avon. I think that he and Zach are both in a weird way kind of suffering from being too agreeable. I think they're giving Rachel too much of what she needs and wants. And mm-hmm. so she's focusing more on the person who is giving her a little friction right now, which is Tino. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm worried about where that's headed. Yeah. Um I really like Avon, but I also think he could do really well 
in another role in the franchise. So oh, maybe there's maybe there's another space for him if things don't work out. Um, so back to the studio at this point, where hilariously this, Jesse spoils the rose ceremony. This for made us. me lose my mind. <laughs> I think we actually have a clip of this. Did they even get a rose at the rose ceremony? Well, I got a spoiler for you. He did. In fact, all of Rachel's guys did. <laughs> yeah. So did all of Gabby's. Now, look, I know you haven't <laughs> seen the rose ceremony yet. And guess what? You're not going to see it tonight. We just have way too many things to get to. But I told you from the beginning, Gabby and Rachel, they wanted to call all the shots. They decided that after their hometowns, they weren't sending anybody home. They wanted to keep all of their men. You want to see how it all went down? You can check it out on abc.com. <laughs> what in the 2005 <laughs> punting your content to your online site, not on a streaming <laughs> service, but on the actual website of your network? Unbelievable. Because also, again, I would have loved hearing from Gabby and Rachel of them like summarizing the, the the hometowns and like right. where they and like where they stand with everybody so they can be like with this person I'm a little conflicted but I want to see what happens in fantasy suites for Gabby to say I'm not sending anyone home you know I want to hear from that but again I think just some of the like time commitment choices that this season have made <laughs> have really like given the women like a short shrift as much yeah. as they want to say that it's been this historic double the romance, double the fun. Yeah. Double everything, but in the same amount of time and it's going great. Right. It's like, just show me <laughs> cheers. We're going to Fiji or Mexico or wherever right. the fantasy suites are with them in the got like, cause they had a rose ceremony. I feel completely at sea. I was like, this editing has lost the plot. We don't know where they're going for fantasy suites. Right. We don't. Yeah. Like you said, we don't know where they stand with with the different guys. And like. They needed that time back. Why? So they could do like a 20 minute segment with the <laughs> stars of bros. So they could do a 15 minute segment about virgin voyages like they didn't need that time back. There was nothing else in the rest of the episode. Like right. whatsoever. It, it's like they don't understand <laughs> I think because the show has relied on drama for so long, it doesn't understand that like there still are people watching that sort of like the romance of it all. And I, you know, they sort of don't know how to deliver on that front because seeing Gabby be like, I only had these three guys, but I can really see with all three of them. I need this extra moment or Rachel being like sending Tyler home was the right thing. And now the three guys that I have, I'm so excited about and I don't know how I'm going to choose. It's like we need that for the rest of the season to be sold to us. Especially because of how broken up it all was. Like Gabby and Rachel alternated dates. So you didn't get quite as cohesive of a sense of how each of their hometown weeks went. And then one of Rachel's dates was like (laughs) orphaned in the next episode. So I truly I'm just like, I don't actually know what each of them is feeling and where they're at with the guys right now. I and would have sacrificed one Roby outburst for the rose I think ceremony. We, I think we could have cut Roby <laughs> from this and not lost anything. Yeah, I this was this just like really sent me because it was so unnecessary. They didn't need the time. And it's just, like if you're going to get the impact of the drama, you have to kind of stick to your narrative form enough that those moments stand out. You're just making like you're just making a hot mess that like nothing yeah. is going to pop if if we don't have those anchor points. 
Um, never cut a rose ceremony again. That's no. what I'm saying. I'm not going to ABC.com for this. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to actually get into the men tell all. Can you keep up? I like This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from Article, that lovely chair out on my deck, Article, our big console, Article, I'm my bed frame, Article. This is an Article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first Article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. 
And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back. It's a quarter of the way into the evening, and it's time for the main event, The Men Tell All. We are, as mentioned, joined by Roby the Magician, who now has short platinum blonde hair. And that's a choice. He's related to Lili Sobieski, right? That's her brother. When he had that short blonde hair, I was like, I see it. This is, yeah, yeah, they're siblings. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He, instead of waving, he does a trick where he turns a flame into a single rose. Get the fuck out of here. I hate, I hate (laughs) magicians. Me I honestly, there was this like outpouring of support for him. And like, you would never have been bored in the mansion if you'd kept Roby. And I was like, are people into magic again? (laughs) Like, is this happening? Like, is it like, is this the Barney Stinson era? I have been around magicians. Like I have been among them as a performer as a comedian <laughs> the, the the bounds are the boundaries are porous and like a magician loves to do a trick just like at dinner or like yeah. you're like oh what's that thing on the wall and they're like this why this is the sword of agamotto and suddenly they're sawing <laughs> someone at half at, at game night and you're like are they just are, are ma- magicians are too like they, they pontificate about like magic and i'm like get out of here no thank you that sounds exhausting and it's never the like Roby all of his props were like cheap looking a little so it wasn't even like wow a beautiful rose I I want to say for Roby that he is apparently a very successful magician um he has worked with David Blaine he also is a classmate of mine. We went to college together. Oh, my God. And so, obviously, <laughs> on some level, I, I don't want to drag him on this show. There there was, like, kind of, like, a sort of visible shakiness to how he was performing these that I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know if he's ready to, to do these on ABC. Yeah. <laughs> like, he kind of, like, catches the rose, and it's almost like, phew, he almost didn't catch that rose. And I'm like, yeah. he, this, you have to kind of make it look so effortless to even be worth taking up Almost my time like, with this trick. Almost like casual, like throwing it away. I don't even care. Like, I, I again, like of the magic I've seen when it's like, some when it's that close-up magic, which is also just like murder me that I know these words. But it's <laughs> like, it's almost like it is so casual. It is so like almost thrown away. And you're like, oh, this? And you can tell that Roby is like, this is the most important thing that I will ever do. And I need this to have impact. And I (laughs) do not want it to have impact. 
Yeah, no one no one needs it to have impact. Uh, so moving on from Roby, the most important person at the Mentel All, we also are joined by Jordan H., Termaine, Jacob, Jordan B., Alec, Quincy, Ethan, Spencer, who also has new hair. He has a new goatee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario, Meatball, Logan, Tyler, and Nate. And... They start just sort of with some general, you know, how did both women do as leads? And Nate and Tyler are like, so well. They are icons. They are goddesses. <laughs> Everything they did was the right thing to do. We're still in love with them. We would marry them today. And then Jesse asked Logan, what was the best part of dating two bachelorettes? And Logan says, the lessons learned. Get out of here. I, I have thoughts on <laughs> Logan, but his whole I can't life- wait. Listen, I just want to say the lessons that I learned, like that persona. No, no, thank you, sir. What's incredible about his ongoing um, bit that he just learned so much from this is this is never going to come up again. Like you did the thing where you dated two bachelorettes and you didn't handle it the best. We will all move on. But you're not going to like do that again. This isn't showing up in a cover letter. Like you don't yeah. need this information or acquired skills. <laughs> exactly. I Although I would love to to see him like literally in a job interview answering the question like what's a past mistake that you've learned from <laughs> with this story. Yes. Just really putting it to use. He actually and he's doing this over the top. He's like I'm so chastened maybe even a bit afraid like he's just yeah like, he, it's a very quiet quiet <laughs> energy and he has posted that the, the mental health impact of being the villain on the show was really rough and i i do believe that and i think it's very messed up that people think that what he did is worth like harassing someone online yeah um but the we are going to have to get into how mm-hmm. he handles this. So we do see a quick season recap. And it reminded me that Chris said that he would leave if the woman he was dating had sex in the fantasy suites. In my notes, that I was... literally wrote, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that feels like a million years ago. Yeah. Um, Chris did not come. No one that you really might have wanted to hear from came. And that was... One of the big flaws in this mental all. And I also think like the villain arcs were not never that long. So you yeah. sort of didn't like there wasn't enough meat on the bone to really get into it. And if you think back to like Luke P making it to hometowns and like Chad being around till like week five or six, you know, these major like the whole Nick Vial and Caitlin Bristow season, even though he sort of wasn't a villain he was coded as like he made this big big entry this boundary cross first joining her season and then them sleeping together but i think and he ended up in the final two but i think none of these villains sort of lasted long enough to really like get any real conflict out of them so like hayden and chris being there like you can you can just show the clip package because chris was there two one night two nights Hayden was there three weeks like. Yeah, I think they they might have had more to get into with Hayden, but not by that much. And he didn't show up either. And when they do have they have a couple guys who had short villain arcs like Jacob, Mm -hmm. who who are just like, yeah, I feel so terrible. (laughs) And I I worked with a 
publicist to write a carefully crafted apology. And, and we'll, here it is. And it's I like, well, cry. now that conversation's over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh, but so many men crying, but I did not see many actual tears, I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, a lot of voice cracking. Um, so Jesse uh, then brings up the question of how hard it must have been to decide which woman to pursue. And Ethan gives an incredible answer to this. He's like, well, in the first two weeks, it was tough. But after settling in, I knew right away. And then once we headed to Europe, I was all in on Rachel. And I'm like, so you didn't know right away at all until like after Rachel picked you. And I think, yeah, this is a weird one because you sort of, you have to be, the guys have to be able to say, oh, I knew I wanted Gabby or I knew I wanted Rachel if Gabby or Rachel had asked them. But then, yeah, like realistically, it might take a couple days or weeks to figure out like to just have enough FaceTime with either of them to be like, oh, I have a better match over here. Oh, I and they yeah. kind of dinged Mario for that, that he went and talked to Rachel and he was like, I hadn't talked to her. I wanted to literally just meet her just to make sure and to be yeah. polite. I want to talk about that when we get there because that was <laughs> a weird conversation. The, the Ethan thing I mainly thought was odd because you don't have to say you knew right away. You can just be like, it's hard because you you have two bachelorettes you want to get to know to see if you have the connection. It's hard to get that much time with either of them. But once I really got that time, yeah, I realized Rachel. But instead, he's just like, I knew right away, two weeks <laughs> in, well into the show. I knew. Right. Like, so why did you say right away? Quincy says he came for Gabby and he was like, you should know. Like, you should have known when you got here. Or at least very quickly, you should have known who you had a real connection with. If yeah, that's what I think you're having like a preference seems to be like I'm Gabby is more my type, but I'm open to meeting Rachel or, you know, I really admire this about Rachel. But of course, if I hit it off with Gabby, then I hit it off with Gabby. I, I think that's fine, too. But yeah, everyone, I think th- I think there's sort of a general like intensification of feelings and stances that is happening on the show that you have to know right away. You can never waver. You can never falter. Yeah. You always have to be here for the right reasons. That is just not realistic, even in the best situations, even outside yeah. of the show. It has to be kind of retconned a little bit. It's like you show up open to love. And then like after the show's over, you're like, but I knew yeah. immediately, if not before. Um, he, uh, Jesse brings up how Jacob dumped Gabby, which is one of our little villain, little tiny villain arcs. <laughs> and he asked Termaine for his thoughts on this, or I don't know why Termaine was answering Unclear. this one. And Termaine is like, well, his words were so wrong. They were way worse than rough around the edges to say you would go home if, if she was the only bachelorette. And this is when Roby is like, I think my opinion would be useful here. <laughs> He, he jumps in. He's like, yeah, the, the way you said it was terrible. Like, come on, man. Some manners over here, you know? And then he goes, you weren't wishy-washy. You were just being a dick. Yeah. I was like, thanks for your insights, Roby. Everyone agrees. Yeah. Everyone feels that way. We're all already Bro- on board. <laughs> I love when a night one guy gets really uh, into his opportunity to comment because he's just like one of us being there. It's like you right. watched it on television <laughs> and now you have some opinions. You're just a fan, like up yeah. on the stage, meeting your heroes. <laughs> exactly. Why can't we be up on the stage if right. Roby can be there? Um, and Jacob, at this point, offers the first of a couple 
rehearsed apologies. He's like, there's no excuse for my rudeness. I just have to really, you know, own that, sit with it and hopefully teach others to do better. How? Dumping one of two bachelors. What forum (laughs) are these lessons happening? Is this a masterclass? I missed that these men are holding seminars to be like, here's how you don't be ignorant of a woman's feelings. Where is this happening? Where is this happening? I would love to go to the Instagram influencer (laughs) symposium and listen to these men lecture on how to teach others to be better. Uh, Yeah, I don't think that that's what men are mostly doing with their social media influence these days, but that's going to be Jacob's new (laughs) thing. Um, Jesse brings up the three men who rejected Rachel's rose and Tremaine is like, well, you know, I was just being honest, but Meatball, he really talked his way back in. And to me, that's not genuine at all. If you're rejecting Gabby, hoping for Rachel, hoping for Gabby's rose, then that's it. You stick by that. Meatball still cannot explain in a way that satisfies me what the hell happened here. He's like, I was open to both of them. And then, but what if I thought going to the rose ceremony that if I were to get a rose from someone, it would be Gabby. Yeah. So then, what, so what? So then why would why would you not just accept the rose that was offered to you if you were open to both of them? Right. Clearly, clearly they decided that it would not be Gabby. Right. And watching it again, it's so clear. Like if one of them is giving you the rose, the other one has said, I'm willing to give that guy up because there's not going to be a situation like it's they've already made it clear. There's not really going to be a situation where they're going to fight. They want to like have their teams So it should be really clear. Do these guys think that it's like in gym class when two captains get picked and they have to, you know, pick their volleyball teams spontaneously? No, they sat in the back room and they made their list and they compared them like this is not (laughs) what you're thinking. Um, And Roby again decides that it's time for a little bit of his wisdom. I think we have a clip. That sounds like you didn't accept the rose because you thought Gabby was more into you as opposed to you being more into Gabby. So, like, who, 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 who the hell were you into? Because, like, if you're more into Rachel, then, like, say that, be that, do that, man up. Like, I, I have just, some balls, Meatball. I, I just didn't know at the moment. <laughs> have some balls, Meatball is so good and, like, <laughs> sounds like a lyric from, like, a Frankie Valley song or something. I also love that he clearly couldn't decide whether to rhyme it with balls or not. So he says, have some balls, Meatball. <laughs> He just sort of lightly tacks that S on at the end. Um, Roby prepared this line and he, he got it in there. It made me laugh. (laughs) It it was not the prepared line that landed the worst tonight. I will say that. Yes. Um, It wasn't bad, but the guys have had enough at this point. They're like, who are you? Like you, you weren't here for any of this. And so the men start shouting him down and Quincy is like pretending to disappear him with magic. (laughs) And Ethan is like, Roby, you were here for four hours for a reason. You should have some respect for those of us who were there for months and caught feelings for these girls. And Jacob is like, it just shows that they made the right decision by sending you home, (laughs) which honestly, Jacob has a lot of nerve saying that. Yeah. But also like. Yeah, dude. Like you said, you're just like a fan who got to like yeah. come get a ticket. And like Which... Roby, they sent you home. They sent Roby home with the twins, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Roby, they sent you home and they were like, we're not going to send anyone home. We really just want to give everyone a chance, except three dudes in particular. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't even like you had a, a date and they sent you home after the first group date or something. They were like, we got 10 minutes of exposure and we are fully done. Yeah. Most of you, we need to let this play out. But one second of you guys was more than enough. <laughs> And I guess for me, I was like, what is Roby? Like, is he just excited to be here on TV? Is this a paradise audition? My, I feel like he probably just started feeling himself a little too much because everyone started being like, protect Roby the magician. He should still be here on this show. <laughs> and he's, he's my, my, my new icon or something. Was like, did there he get... a protect Roby? There was way more positive reaction to Roby on Twitter than I expected. Wow. That is dark. <laughs> <laughs> I think he started feeling himself a little bit. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm sure it's, he's not the first person to do this. He will not yeah. be the last. Yeah. He just happens to also be a magician. So we have to <laughs> keep that into account. <laughs> I wonder if he was just hoping that he could get far enough into a rant that he could slip a, a magic trick in there. Right. But we don't. Oh, you're see playing anymore. the victim card. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many close-up magic tricks they had to cut because yeah, they, they were like, be like, we just can't constantly have Roby pulling cards out of people's <laughs> ears. It's like Roby, the audio is getting <laughs> getting compromised by all the the, the, the flashbangs. <laughs> uh, so. We don't hear much from Roby for the rest of the night. Jesse brings up Chris uh, and Alec is ready with a little speech. I think we have a clip of this. Chris was incredibly out of pocket the whole time. Like, like totally out of <laughs> reality, just trash. <laughs> like, he didn't help around the house. He wasn't trying to make friends with us. He was trying to control the women. The he was condescending, calling them females. Like, I hate it every time. It's like he looks at things so in his own way. Like, there's a right way to do everything, but it's got to be his way. And he thinks don't stink but it does like his breath. All right. Like I was saying about those prepared lines. Alec came to play. I, listen, <laughs> yeah. every, every mental all has a breakout star. And for me, it was Alec. I was like, I think we misjudged him. I want to go back. <laughs> I liked Alec. I, I think that last line could have gone for me. Mm-hmm. It felt a little bit too, like I prepared a joke to end this with. Right. But he was making some good points. Right. Because it seems like everyone was just really annoyed with Chris and didn't know how to ha- like was so annoying. They didn't know how to handle it. And it wasn't just, you know, in front of Gabby and Rachel. It was just like everything about him, which like yeah. is, you know, comforting. Like, OK, they weren't, you know, he couldn't be redeemed really in terms of just like his behavior being corrected. He sounds like he's just hard to live with in general. Yeah, I I have to say when they were talking, when he was talking about how Chris always felt like there was a right way to do things and that was his way. I was like, well, he is a mentality coach who yeah. has literally <laughs> written like three books that are like, if you don't play volleyball this way, you will never succeed. Right. This is a man who <laughs> sang and played, did basketball tricks with no experience in either. <laughs> Confidence He's- he does not lack. <laughs> Yeah, he he feels like he's got the key to life. Um, I am always here for for men uh, telling other men not to call women females. This is also like the beginning of a trend of the men kind of trying to out 
feminist ally each other. Like the whole discourse around Chris, Chris wasn't there. That's the thing. I was like, this, this would have benefited from a little tension from like someone trying to defend himself mm-hmm. or something. And instead it's just like a round table of like five guys being like, yes, it was very misogynistic and derogatory how he talked about the fantasy suites, especially after we all knew what the women had been through with Clayton. And my biggest regret was not saying something to him about how misogynistic it was. And, and then... And you could have someone throw back, like, why didn't you say something? You're like, right. st- you know, co-signing this by not saying anything. That's the lesson. Like, say something yeah. in the moment. This is how... And if they want to, like, teach men how to combat this and hold other men accountable... It's like we need to see you do it in the moment and it needs yeah. to not even be framed of like because Gabby and Rachel are so amazing, but just like you don't talk about other people this way. You don't talk about women this way. And, you know, because as we'll I'm sure get to with some of the like the Logan stuff, the Nate stuff, as long as the women are incredible and amazing, you kind of you can be this ally with them. And if they're mm-hmm. not these other things, then. Mm-hmm. We can say whatever we want a little yes. bit, you know, that's sort of yeah. the like implicit statement here of like, yeah. we defend Gabby and Rachel, but if we don't, then that's also okay. <laughs> sort <of>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. This at like Nate says something like, I'm so glad that, that you guys said something to Gabby and Rachel about the barbaric things that he was saying, because real men hold other men accountable. And I was like, Oh, I your your buddies just did put out a whole podcast where they like slut shamed the yeah. women who said that you like two times them. And so like maybe talk to them about it. Yeah. And I also think like <laughs> we the way that we can talk about this and have it be impactful and like that that I think would be significant for men is if we don't frame this as like a barbaric, outsized, fully like Uh, you know, an aberration of behavior and be like, men talk like this all the time. Like there are men that talk like this all the time. This is a very common thing. You know, you go on Twitter, on these dating podcasts, on TikTok, you see men talking about women's body counts all the time. And by saying this is so barbaric, this is so, you know, horrendous, anything below that becomes okay. And as long as you don't cross this threshold then it's fine with instead of saying, you know, a lot of people think this way and they shouldn't think this way. And here's why that actually would probably, you know, to me would be more impactful because I think a lot of men who are feminist allies draw the line very high and anything that crosses a boundary or has gets called out has to become, oh, my God, who could ever say this? Only a monster would say this. And it's like, no, yeah. Chris is a person that like walks through his day and has probably has female friends or has women in his family that he's close with. But we, you have to call this stuff out as like the banal everyday misogyny. And that's the stuff that like wears you down. And I think mm-hmm. wanting to have this moment of being so pensive and so performative really sort of like colors how how often these things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I was very thrown by actually the sentence, like talking about women by what they can do for you sexually is so barbaric. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, it's actually, it's so normal. Like yeah. it's not ideal, but it is very normal. Yeah. And I think 
you you put that very well. Um, so let's talk about Hayden. Mario is the first to take a crack at Hayden in absentia. <laughs> He's like, and I, you know, I do sort of agree with this, but also it is funny because this whole segment and throughout the show, it's just the show giving various people a platform to shame Hayden for not coming because they really wanted him to be here for better TV and he yes. refused to come. <laughs> Uh, Mario's like, Hayden not showing up speaks to his character because he, uh, you know, I, if I had said all this horrible shit, would want to address it to a live audience. And it was cowardly to to not do that. Um, yeah, I agree. But what else can you really say? Like, the segment could have been something if Hayden was here. Yeah. Or, he t- like, again, you know let's have these guys be like, yeah, we've all had friends that talk like that or we used to talk like that. Here's what changed our minds that we don't talk like this anymore. If you want to make it like a learning, growing, changing moment. But it did just sort of become about, you know, yeah, that man, that man over there. Let's get our lines out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they each prepared a little statement. Nate is like, for a man to have to put down a woman to feel empowered is just not okay. Controversial. If this is how you're treating Gabby, you don't deserve Rachel either. Uh, I think we have, I think we have a clip of Jacob's prepared speech. He completely lied about the whole thing. After hearing all that, he's a misogynist. And honestly, his dog Rambo doesn't need training. He needs training. This killed me. Whoever said that Rambo needed training? Right. No one yeah, has ever said it. Rambo needed training. Rambo is recovering from a medical procedure. He's fine. <laughs> let Rambo live. Like he, he let him live in peace. And Alec even said, like, free Rambo. It's like he's a dog. Like, where is he supposed to yeah. go? <laughs> the problem was that he was freed. His owner yeah. <laughs> left him for a while. Uh, more like protect Rambo. Uh Spencer's like, I guess we like different women. I like girls who are rough around the edges. I love Gabby. And it's like, yeah, you're all just like dropping your little line into the void. Mm-hmm. No one's here to disagree with you. Um, I appreciate that they all came prepared to like show what good feminist allies they are. But yeah, it doesn't really feel like any like real progress is being made here yeah. or dialogue. And this, is, and this is another one where my boyfriend was watching. And he was like, oh, this guy just saying Hayden when they he saw my boyfriend's all the clips back to back he's like oh Hayden just likes to talk he just likes to talk shit and he's yeah. one of those guys that just says bitches instead of women like that's just yeah. the noun he uses but and again it would have been like listen every thought that comes in your head doesn't have to come out of your mouth and like that could have also been the story of like you don't have to tell the woman you're breaking up with why you're breaking up with her just like yeah, you don't have to take on. a self-deprecating comment she's made about her and weaponize it against her during a breakup. Yeah. And um, to have one of the other guys be like, listen, man, when you're breaking up with somebody, you can still respect them. And, you know, you don't have to yeah. give a reason. But but it had to be about his cowardice that he didn't show up. That's not manly. It's right. not manly to be a coward. <laughs> yeah, I I was really frustrated by this this whole segment. And. Uh, I, I was intrigued to see that it seems like Hayden is in paradise. So I was like, couldn't you get him there? Right. Like, he how, went to you paradise. Have some leverage over him? <laughs> like, I don't understand how you can't make this happen if you still have an ongoing relationship with him right. as a show. But 
they they did this sort of limp segment instead. And now it's time to turn to one of the only villains who agreed to show up, which is Logan, and for the guys to take some shots at him. Ethan is like, I was really annoyed that you switched because Rachel ended up canceling the group date and it cost me time with her. Then Spencer is like, well, I was in Gabby's group and it took away from our time together because there was another guy in our group. And in a way, you stole everyone's time. (laughs) And Logan, Logan has prepared the explanation that he saw two wonderful women with two connections, but one connection was more moving. Right. This is a word that I have never used or heard used in quite this. No, because and and in my brain, I couldn't think of it as like moving your heart, like stirring. It was like that it was moving and you couldn't nail it down, (laughs) which feels more correct as well. That it's like it was a moving target. And I was always trying to just like nail that sucker down. That felt more (laughs) realistic to me. That again, every time I heard it, I just pictured him being like, oh boy, where's it going next? (laughs) (laughs) That actually does seem more accurate. Like the meaning of it as being stirring, you would hear more applied to like a heart wrenching commercial for an animal shelter. Like, wow, that was really moving. (laughs) But not like when I met someone I was interested in that really moved me. It's contextually off. It's not how it's used. Um, but he uses it like 15 times in his explanation. So that is like what he came prepared with. The men are like, when did you know that the connection with Gabby was better? Jordan H is also pissed. He's like, I went home and you got to go to France. <laughs> so, yes, be you know, <laughs> you were just looking for the next step. And Logan says, no, I wasn't looking for the next step. I just saw this moving connection. <laughs> Gabby and uh, and so I accepted the rose from Rachel maybe that's a bitch move but if so so be it it's worth it to spend your life with someone truly it does sound like he was just accepting roses from Rachel for weeks knowing yes. that it might give him more opportunity to eventually talk to right Gabby. and I think you know this was another one where my boyfriend casual viewer was like isn't this what they do on paradise like you just like accept a rose from someone yes because you want to like stay on the beach. And I, I had to put it in terms that he would understand. And I was like, okay, wrestling, WWE. <laughs> like you can't show blood on WWE. Like they don't want you to, they don't, they don't curse. They don't show blood that, you know, they don't, there's all, they don't show nudity. Like there's all these things they sort of don't do. And I think they want to keep, and I was like, so WWE wants to keep their product like pure so they can market it a certain way that it's like family friendly, you know, it's like network TV safe. But then there's other wrestling federations where you can show blood and you can curse and you can, you know, reveal the backstage machinations like in your show. And I think it's just that thing of like the bachelorette has to stay clean. They can't show mm-hmm. blood and like on paradise, they'll show blood. They don't care. Yeah. But I think also that sort of, is pissing the guys off of like, we played the game. We played the game by the rules that were set out to us. And you took the rules away and said they didn't apply to you. And so we're pissed for that reason. Not because you like disrespected Gabby and Rachel, because if the guys knew this was an option, more of them would have tried to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's completely right. That like, they're all mad that he kind of, 
drove on the shoulder of the road and he cut back in ahead yeah. of a whole line of traffic. And he's like, well, wouldn't you if you were going to be late to work? Like, <laughs> and they're like, no, we didn't think that was allowed. Right. Uh, <laughs> so they're all pissed. And Logan is ready to eat a little bit of crow and try to try to make nice. But he gets a hot seat to expand a little bit on on this conversation. He tells Jesse that the two things that he wanted were to not make their journey more difficult, the two women, and also to follow his heart. And what do you know? Those two things came into conflict. (laughs) And so he chose to follow his heart and to make their journey more difficult. And I think it's just like, you're not the main character, dude. Like, because the other option is you send yourself home. Like, Rachel, I'm here with you. I don't think I can be here. I'm going to eliminate myself and leave it on Gabby to maybe come after you if you really want, you know, to be chosen. But the other he never would have gotten to potentially marry Gabby. And that's clearly (laughs) his main motivation. Like, right. Like. Eliminate yourself. Eliminate yeah. that. That was my like frustration. The way he was talking about it, like I realized I had, I didn't feel this with Rachel. I had this other connection. It was so moving. It's like then eliminate yourself. Like that's the honorable yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think he should have. I think he is the one guy that if he had said no to Rachel's rose at that choice ceremony, he could have gotten a rose from Gabby. That she might have been like, oh, like. I'm also really into Logan. And if, if he's choosing me, then I will bump one of my guys. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't know that. And so he took a different risk. <laughs> um, and that was it, it doesn't look good in retrospect. So Jordan B, it tells him like or asks him, like, were you hoping for Gabby's rose? And like in that choice rose ceremony and Logan is like, I was just having a heart attack. I couldn't believe it was happening without being able to talk to them. And Tremaine says, well, I don't have the sympathy card that you want from me because, and Logan interrupts and is like, I don't want anything from you. And Tremaine is like, okay. <laughs> but also like Tremaine is right. Mind, then. Tremaine no, is I right. know. I was like, Tremaine, finish your point. Like that the point is like they were all in that situation and he chose to like do the rule playing honest thing. And you were kind of a little snake about it. Yeah. And that, you know, and again, that Logan is sort of talking in this very, like, measured, pained voice that's like, you know, I just, I didn't know when it would be convenient to try and do that. <laughs> and rather than make it harder, I made it more difficult. It's like, homie, those words ain't wording the way you think they are. <laughs> but my heart was in the right place. Like, he wants yeah. you to feel bad for him that. He had no choice. He had no options. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I will say that then Jordan H is like, I think that you didn't think Rachel was really into you and you thought you could stay longer by flipping. (laughs) And I'm like, no, that would be a deranged thing to think. And I don't think Logan thought that actually. (laughs) Um, And he's like, no, I thought Gabby would probably send me home. And he should have thought that because she should have just sent him home. Yeah. Um, Then Jesse is like, with great emphasis, Thank you so much for coming to face these tough questions. They're so pissed at Hayden and Chris yeah. right now. Fuming. At this point, we get a special Virgin Voyages moment. I can't. I can't. Because here's the thing. In those previews where, like, everyone had champagne and everyone was screaming, I was like, oh, we're going to get the Bachelor announcement. Like, Yes. 
one of the guys is going to stand up and he's going to be the bachelor or the person who brought out the champagne is going to be, you know, Tyler C and Mike, and they're going to do a a co-season or whatever. Like I was like, we're getting the bachelor reveal. And as it unfolded to be an ad for the Virgin Voyages app, I can't. And then that it's they an all app got you a can cruise. only use when you're on Virgin, a Virgin Voyages voyage. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm like, I'm sorry. What would change my life more? Everyone in that audience getting a cruise or knowing who the Bachelor was. Right. Um, for me, it would be the Bachelor thing. But this whole segment is built around Jesse being like, "Hmm, I could use the champagne." And then he takes out his phone. Is like, this is a great app from Virgin Voyages. <laughs> You can use when you're on a Virgin Voyages ship, you just shake your phone and then you also press a button and then it brings you champagne. Voila. And then people come out with praise of champagne for everyone in the audience. Um, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's giving me that that uh, old app that was just like buy a slice of pizza by like pressing a button on your yeah. phone. Very like 2014. And, and he's like, now some news that will change the lives of the audience forever because they will never not be someone who has been on a virgin voyages <laughs> cruise again unless they have children because they are adults only sailing experience because they will get exposed to e coli on a cruise and have <laughs> massive diarrhea in the middle of the ocean <laughs> that's going to change your life that, from sure. my cruise ship anytime i've been on a cruise ship that has been the experience uh, I mean, these days, I think that it, uh, if you just don't end up on a floating COVID quarantine, you consider yourself a winner. Yeah. And at this point, it's time for Nate to come to the hot seat. Jesse signals from the beginning that they are, I think, still angling to have Nate as a solid bachelor option. Yeah. He's like, your vulnerability and maturity on this show was so impressive to watch. He shows a highlight reel of Nate's journey. Nate weeps a little and he says, you know, that our goodbye was one of the toughest goodbyes ever, but we shared such a special time. And in that moment, I just wanted to be there for her and let her know that it was okay. He talks about how hearing Gabby say that she was afraid she would be a bad mom was hard because she's so caring. She has the qualities that would make her a good mom. But that, no also, feelings. that also made me... That hit my ear because we don't know if Gabby's ever going to want to be a mom. Like, yeah. And some people don't ever want to be a mom. And that is a fantastic choice for their life. And but to frame the best qualities about a woman and then pivot it into if she wanted to be a mom, she'd be a really good one. Or like, I know she would be a good mom because she has these good qualities. It still is like reductive of her identity to motherhood. And like that a man that the fact that Nate sees these good motherhood qualities in her should like calm her and like she would be a good mom because I see it. It just felt like it wasn't sort of framed anytime they brought up Gabby and, and motherhood, which I only think was a couple times during this. But like that there's still there's still time for her to change her mind. And even if it's not with Nate, she can still be a mom because she's had these good qualities and I just was sitting there being like she might be a great aunt she might be a good like big sister mentor figure for someone she might be a great continue to be she would continue to be a great ICU nurse you know and maybe she wants to work with children in a hospital setting but 
you know, in this moment when the breakup was, I'm not ready to be a mother to your daughter to be like, you'll get that. You can get there because you're nice (laughs) is a bit is a weird way to read the situation. (laughs) That's interesting. I mean, I, I did feel for Gabby. It's hard to tell whether she doesn't want to be a mom or whether she's tormented by the fear that even though she does want it, she's not capable of it. Mm -hmm. And if it's the latter, then you know, that, that is really heartbreaking. Like you do want to kind of say, you know, there are a lot of people out there who don't have your patience and your caring and your kindness who have kids and do okay. So like you would probably be able to be the mom you want to be. Um, but I see what you're saying too, that she doesn't like have to be a mom to be a wonderful, fulfilled, woman to which... it, it seemed like she has all these great qualities she should put them to use in motherhood rather yeah. than she's a wonderful person however she has children in her life would be a gift to to the children and to the world rather than you know instead of like it would be a waste if she wasn't a mother which I, I don't yeah. know if that is what Nate meant but I think just on this show the way they frame parenthood yeah that it every, is this... every woman who isn't a mother <laughs> is a wasted woman yeah it is this redeeming force <laughs> that like saves your essence you know and you can if you can do any bad thing that you want maybe social media allegations yeah. but as long as you are a girl dad or a boy mom or whatever the term is then it's understandable or okay which I think sort of yeah. valorizes parenthood in a way that I just don't think we need to do I disagree as a mom. I think I need to be <laughs> worshipped more, but we can we can agree to disagree on that. Um, let's get in a little bit more to what you're alluding to, I think, because at this point, um, Jesse asked Nate more about his daughter, Neela, and Nate says, you know, that she is his heart and to be loved by her is the rawest love he's ever felt. And he wants his partner to be able to, like, support her in the way that he does as a parent, I guess, that like they would be really ready for, for what that meant, uh, which is I think the right attitude. And he says, if she's watching tonight, he wants her to know that everything he does is for her. She saved him. He's a better man because of her. He wants to be the best man because of her. And then Jesse brings up the rumors that he hid Nila's existence from someone he dated for a year and a half. And Nate gets very serious, even more serious than he was before. He looks down and he says that he went through a traumatizing time during his divorce and the foundation under his daughter crumbled. Quote, the one thing I want I protect most on this earth is my daughter. I would never bring her into a situation that was dangerous or unstable. And he says that he wanted to put a wall up to protect her from the instability of his dating life. I have... Since uh, since Nate appeared, he has set something off in my brain that I have not spoken about because he was so well received. But he just had like an energy of like something's going on here. Some something I'm not I'm not fully clicking with. And I think Mm -hmm. in the way that he was talking in this segment and some of the other segments. And then if you if you sort of say all of this is true, like if you say 
He dated two women at the same time. He wasn't clear. He hit his daughter, but he does love his daughter. And he does have this, you know, care and compassion for everybody involved. Then he's sort of like this weird Venn diagram between like a fuck boy and a nice guy where mm-hmm. he's going to go out and sort of maybe do some fuck boy things or not the people that he doesn't really feel like he needs to give full honesty and clarity to don't get it. But then he can frame it around these sort of very like potent, deep, sweet messages. And he sort of has, you know, because this whole thing about him dating two women at the same time was framed around why he did it for his daughter and not Mm -hmm. like you're a grown man in your thirties dating. Why are you dating two women at once? You know, that to me is a more interesting question than because anyone would say I wanted to protect my child. And there are a lot of things you could be worried about, about if you're dating, if you're coming out of divorce, what's going on with your child. But that, to call dating two women dangerous, to call that unstable, combined with other things people have said in defense of him. It's sort of yeah. like there's fuckboy tendencies with like nice, nice guy vocabulary. And I don't really know how to like reconcile the two, except like th- this type of person kind of tracks, you know, assuming all parts of it are true. Yeah, I think that. I've been having a hard, I really liked Nate from the beginning. And I think that a lot of the reaction to him has been super unnecessarily intense um, because I think a lot of these guys are basically probably acting like fuck boys when they're not <laughs> on TV. And it's like, do we need to single out one or two of them to like completely flog in public? But at the same time, No one is saying you should have introduced your daughter to every woman you dated. They're saying that you should have told them about her. Right. So to to conflate those things the way that he's doing every time that he or his friends talk about it, to me, feels very evasive and slippery. It's like you're explaining why you didn't introduce them to her, but you're not explaining why they couldn't know about her. Like, this isn't about whether you are protecting your daughter. It's about whether you were giving these women honesty and full information about the relationship that they were in, which you weren't. Why did you need to protect your daughter from a woman out there knowing she existed? Right. Like if that is so dangerous to your daughter, why are you dating this woman? Like it was just very, if, if dating someone would put your daughter in a dangerous situation, why are you dating at all? Like if you can't get yourself together, get the situation, maybe you're, housing or what's going on with your job you're sharing custody in a different way like if it's all so unstable maybe don't date two people at once yeah it sounds like he's definitely implying like oh i was having this rough divorce so i wanted to just like have fun and sow my oats and like keep you know that wasn't relevant to my daughter it's like okay but those were women who are humans with their own Mm -hmm. lives who have the right to information to make their decisions like they're not you can't just like manipulate what they know so that they can be the perfect like fuck around like dating partners for you it was just yeah but it was very carefully expressed yeah and I think it also sort of this like I'm I could have communicated better I I like you should forgive the man that I was and I'm not that man anymore and in past relationships I haven't always felt the way I felt for Gabby so that might explain why I didn't honor that with 
you know, because in the the subtext is like, that's why I didn't give you fidelity or that's why we weren't monogamous or that's why I wasn't communicative or didn't or thought it would be a dangerous situation for my daughter because there are certain feelings that get honored with the knowledge of my daughter and there are certain feelings that don't get honored with the knowledge of my daughter Mm -hmm. and you have to tell everybody everything like yeah those women didn't deserve to know that they were dating someone with a daughter they didn't deserve my communication it doesn't yeah. It doesn't sound good when you really parse what's being said. Just the, why would you need to know that? Answer is never the right answer. Why would you yeah. need to know that? You don't know what I need to know. And just, yeah. I, I also think like from the beginning, I kind of got the vibe from Nate of like, he was kind of a nerd that got hot, you know, <laughs> and, and sort of didn't know how to handle this, yeah. this power. Um, And so just some, he does, he, it's, seems to be very, very thoughtful and is able to explain, you know, what he was thinking, why he was thinking it. But like you said, he's just sort of conflating the wrong things and the wrong things people are upset with him about. Right. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be sort of doing him any favors because then it appears again evasive. Right. It has been hard for me to like reconcile how thoughtful he seems and how everyone in the house looks up to him as a man so much and how Gabby is like, you're a model for how men should treat women (laughs) with like this other stuff. But it's making more sense as we talk about (laughs) it. So thank you. Yeah. Um, The, the, you know, the nerd who got hot, like the nerd who got tall, that's just the vibe I got. You got to worry about that guy. You got to worry about that guy. Well, because they seem like the safest ones. It's so seductive. And that's what makes it truly dangerous. Uh, And yeah, Alec raises his hand after all of this and says, truly great men make other men better. And knowing Nate has made me better. So I've got his back, which is very nice. But like, just because a guy is great to other guys doesn't mean that they are actually great partners to women, as we know. So... That doesn't give me much information. Still very feeling very (laughs) conflicted about all of this and how it's playing out because I bet that all these guys are fuckboys. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there is a whole bigger conversation of like, does your bad dating behavior need to be broadcast everywhere? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's better to I found in my life being able to reconcile like the good and bad parts of people give you a better sense of how you feel about them and like give you give you to use a bachelor word. It gives you clarity on like how you (laughs) want to like interact with people. And I think for the fandom, for the show, it's very all or nothing. And it's the show has decided that we're not going to, we're not going to let this like capsize Nate just yet. Yeah. Yeah. They're really sticking by him. So next we get a Bachelor in Paradise panel and teaser. Andrew S. is like, this is going to be the most dramatic season ever, not to use buzzwords. And we also see Serene, Genevieve, and Victoria Fuller. We're back on Victoria Fuller? We are. (laughs) Unexpected. I was on maternity leave during Peter... Peter's season so everyone on it just feels like someone I dreamed I'm like (laughs) who's Victoria her face looks like it I'm familiar but yeah she says like no one's more surprised to be there than me and everyone laughs and I was like what am I missing well she got she had a mild cancellation which was yeah issue and that's I googled a little bit (laughs) she's back I mean I guess they put Victoria 
on the on from whatever whoever's from Matt season on Paradise, but I'm like, you can get we, pretty oh, canceled going. and still be on Paradise. Yeah, I was like, we're just putting every oh everybody's invited. <laughs> it's not a fun season on the beach if we don't have some canceled people there. It's like yeah. a, a party in Times Square. So Serene says that Paradise wasn't what she expected. Okay, thank you, Serene. We don't hear from Genevieve at all. And then we get a Paradise teaser. (laughs) Uh, It does look kind of wild. Chaotic. Um, Chaotic. Uh, There's a vibrator. Casey's getting felt up by half the women there before, as I think we know from his Instagram, he like shatters one of his bones and has (laughs) to leave. Jacob is yodeling. People are sobbing. Lace is there. Lace is going to be back. Oh, my God. And at some point, the women all have to leave the beach and go somewhere else. So who knows what's happening? I I, I actually get annoyed by teasers because I'm like, now I just want to see it all right. now. I don't want to have to try to parse what's going on. And also because there was someone who was in like a green knit, stripey, wavy, stripey dress that was in a lot of stuff like falling down and rolling around. <laughs> and I was like, is that Genevieve? Is that Victoria F? Like... There just was I, I was trying to like track the outfits if I couldn't see the person's face. And yeah, it's just too stressful. Yeah, I can't handle that. I don't I don't want to spend my time trying to track <laughs> outfits. So on that note, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back to finish Montel Hall. Can you keep up? I like love it. I am so glad that it's finally warming up, and it also means that. I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well balanced. I feel full after and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 and use code LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI 50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 
timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quinn's cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quinn's only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. And we're back. And it's finally time for Gabby and Rachel to come out in their coordinating one-armed black mini dresses. And they immediately, of course, clock Roby's blonde hair. And Roby's like, would you have kept me if I was blonde? And Gabby's like, yes. Just kidding. (laughs) No, I would not have kept you still. This, I also want to point out, Gabby's dress has a rhinestone crocodile on it. Oh, is that a crocodile? It's like a satin dress with a rhinestone crocodile. And then Rachel's dress, it looks like it's like pantyhose material, but it's very bodycon. And she looks amazing. They both looked great, I thought. I know there's been a lot of kerfuffle about how they're both getting styled. And I thought, I was like, oh, Rachel just needs to be in bodycon dresses the whole time. Because I think she's like kind of muscular. Yeah. So I think to balance that, the styling team was putting her in like exaggerated shoulders, which like overwhelmed her because she's so short. (laughs) But I was like, this, I was like, bodycon, this is it. This is correct. Yeah. Whenever they put her in something bodycon, she looks incredible. And I'm okay with an occasional statement sleeve, but she's just in a lot of giant drapey coats and like coveralls and like, just like, yeah, things that kind of swallow her. Yeah. She's very, very short. She's like quite short. And so having her in anything big just overwhelms her. But I was like, oh. My God, the body, the figure. Yeah. Put her in just, this every week. <laughs> just wear this dress to everything. Yes. Um, and they are reunited at last. We haven't seen them together much in the last few episodes. And Gabby immediately just starts being like, we gave each other so much support. It made the experience so much better for us. Like we couldn't have done it without each other. I'm genuinely very glad they feel that way. It has felt like it has, despite their friendship, made the experience more hellish. Yeah. But at least they did have each other whenever yeah. production was <laughs> leveraging the competition between them to make one of them cry. And at least I w- they could go to each other. I would have loved to see more like those moments they had in Paris where they had like a double date for a second yeah. and kind of went off and been like, how's it going? No, how's it going with you? Like those, I would have liked more of those moments. And I almost thought they would have had a couple double dates. That's honestly what they should have done more of. I do think they should have like, had the guys pick lanes, but keep it anchored by having them start and end a lot of dates together and do similar date activities. Yeah. And instead, it was just like they were quarantined. 
Um, so Jesse brings up at this point Mario's first impression, Rose, and how he never caught up, as we were referencing before. Gabby said that a lot of what happened with Mario was that he, she felt, had trouble navigating the two bachelorette situation. She felt like she never ended up knowing what side he was on, even while a lot of the other men were making that clear. She didn't know where he was standing. And in their last conversation, she said, he told me he was all in, but it was so late in the process. I think we have a clip of Mario's response to this. I think that we had a great first night. Like you said, we had a great connection. And the following rose ceremony where I did have a conversation with Rachel, um, it was just to have a conversation. I think, you know, that third rose ceremony where we chose sides, I was with Gabby and I didn't pivot, right? And we did see that this season with a few guys that did pivot and, you know, one being Logan where he was accepted and I was sent home because of that. And so for me, I just felt like, you know, I just felt kind of like you did me wrong. What do you think, Allie? I think Mario thought he had it in the bag because he got the first impression rose. They almost always win. Right. It's like, hello. But I think I, I think he sort of didn't know you have to follow up. You send a follow up email. You send the thank you after the interview. Like, <laughs> And so he was thinking like, well, maybe he was thinking like, oh, I have the first impression rose. I don't have to do anything. Or he didn't know sort of the weight of the first impression rose. To be like, I have to, she's sending me a really strong signal. I can't even like go talk to Rachel. Like she's basically putting me on her team right away. Right. Um, And so he maybe just didn't, you know, put it, put in the effort where he could have. And like, he's not, you know, it's not a bad thing, but it just, it. and I also, I didn't think Gabby and Mario had the best connection on night one. So for him to get the rose was surprising. Yeah, me. me too. I I was a little surprised by it and and by the trajectory afterwards. And I think that part of what happened also is that Gabby was kind of impressed and pleased that he went for the kiss. A lot of the guys were holding back and she was like, he seems so sweet. Like he really went for that kiss, even though he did seem a little nervous. <laughs> and like it was a good kiss and like you know, this is someone who is pursuing me. And then that's not really how it felt afterwards. She was like, oh, he went for that kiss, but like, he's not actually really all in for me the way that Tino was for Rachel. Yeah. And so maybe I gave my rose to someone who was, I was misreading how, how in the bag they were for me. And that made her annoyed. Like she was like, Rachel's first rose you know, first impression Rose winner is like all like pursuing her all over. And mine is just like, what's up, Rachel? What's up, Gabby? What's up, (laughs) Rachel? Like he's still doing both sides. I think that he's comparing it to Logan. I think if Logan had gotten her first impression Rose and then he'd still been flirting with Rachel, she might have felt the same way. Right. Which is like, I already, yeah, I already tapped you. And she says, you know, I actually feel the same that like you did me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I felt like you were entertaining both sides until I made that decision for you. And I also want to be chosen. I do think that's purely the context of him being the first impression Rose does yeah. for her, make it different than any of the other guys who are entertaining both sides. And I think a lot of the guys didn't think they would get put on team. I don't. I, so yeah. that you could just, do, you know, play both sides until fantasy suites. <laughs> yeah. Like why they, they had no real 
reason to know when that would happen. No one yeah. knew when it would happen, which again, I think was a problem in the show planning. I do think they actually should have planned their structure in advance. Yeah, I think they should have put that out like <laughs> night one. This yeah. is what we're doing. Um, so Jesse brings up Jordan V, who is in the teaser at the beginning saying something that seems like he's accusing Rachel of like not taking their relationship seriously enough or saying something that sounds a little aggrieved, but that does not get shown here. <laughs> she She's like, oh, I was so afraid of making people feel strung along. It was a hard decision, but I followed my heart by sending you home after the date. I'm sorry. And Jordan is like, you look great. We had a wonderful date. I regret nothing. Best wishes to you. So I don't know where they got that clip. Yeah. <laughs> it was a more contentious <laughs> conversation, but one of many conversations that I was like, this could have just not been shown at all. Yeah. Wasn't necessary. Jesse then asked Gabby what she'd like to address with Jacob, who, of course, famously told her that although she was smoking, he wouldn't have the heart to continue if she was the only bachelorette. And she turns to him and says, what would you like to address with me, Jacob? And he offers a, a very very scripted apology yeah he's like yeah he's like what i said was really hurtful it was hard to watch back i just didn't have self-awareness i'm trying to learn and better myself his voice starts wavering like he's crying his eyes are dry as a bone and he's like you may not accept my apology but i'm <laughs> truly and deeply sorry and, and gabby thanks him she yeah. does not say i accept no but she does thank him. I, I mean i also think like that's one to be like Oh my gosh, I was so foolish. Whoopsie daisy. I had no idea how that would come across. And I'm like, the tone yeah. is so performative when if he just said all this in the same way of like, you mentioned it, you had said something along those lines and I don't have self-awareness and I'm so sorry. That feels like a guy you go on one date with and he like makes a weird comment to, for him to be like, you know what? Yikes, that's on me. Thank you so much. But to have it be this big, like, weepy thing, it's like, yeah. now I got to take care of your feelings. It's it's overwrought. Yeah. You truly mm -hmm. just have to be like, I wasn't going into it thinking about how my phrasing might make you feel. I just wanted to be transparent with you. I really missed the mark. I'm so sorry. Yeah. For how I, for how I expressed that. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again almost could have skipped that one. Jesse then asked Rachel why it was so hard for her to be bachelorette. <laughs> why did you cry so much, Rachel? I'm going to say it's production's fault. Yeah. And she's like, you can just never foresee how to navigate this process. But I got through it because of Gabby. And Gabby's like, I love you, Rachel. They're like embrace. And Basically, they're like, you know, every lead feels totally alone and like they don't know how to navigate this. And we were the first ones to be able to talk about them to another lead at the same time. And it was so nice. And Jesse's like, I think it's just so great that you had each other through this process. We made an excellent decision by doing yeah. this. <laughs> Fuck the haters. America's falling in love with your friendship. This isn't where he like <laughs> gets it, gets, puts his hands on his knees and is like, Oh I'm my so, God. I'm so proud of my gals. Was it you? Here? Would, it wasn't. You would be astonished to learn there are 22 minutes left of the show at this point, and there's going to be more time for Jesse to talk to them about how well they did as leads. It's going to happen <laughs> again. At this point, I was like, 
there are 22 minutes left and I just don't even know what could possibly be left to do. Unless it's 22 minutes of bloopers. I don't <laughs> want <laughs> And it's sadly, it's not 22 minutes of bloopers. Instead, we are now going to talk about Logan again. And Jesse asks Rachel to address him. And she's like, I wish you were honest earlier, but I understand. And he's like, I shouldn't have waited so long to have the perfect full conversation with you. And then Rachel apologizes to Ethan, Meatball, and Tyler for canceling their Bruges date. They do not address Logan's random COVID exit during his, like, 15 right. spotlights. Well, I'm now a conspiracist. I was fully like, I'm sure he just got COVID. But, like, they need to address this again. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have a, another a person in the Bachelor recap game that was on the ship at the same time. <sighs> As the as the as the show, if you listen to the podcast Bachelor Zone, uh, one of their hosts was on the. He was a, he's a performer. He's a musician, and he was working on the ship at the same time. And so he talked about and said when I was on their podcast a couple of weeks ago of like, he's like I he's like I buy if he got COVID, got through how you know was told he had COVID. And instead of being like, oh, I'll just wait to quarantine, he was like, get me off the ship. Because <laughs> my friend got one of the other hosts, his friend of mine, got sick, got COVID, and had to quarantine in those staterooms. Oh, shit. And he was like, you lose your mind because you sometimes you don't even have a window. And oh you have God. to stay in there for 14 days. So he was like, I wonder, you know, if maybe he got the notice that he needed to quarantine and just was like, no, I'm not even, we can't even wait it out. Yeah. I mean, also that would throw off the whole filming schedule. Right. I think Gabby has said she wouldn't have brought him to hometowns. Yeah. Which is reasonable because they, she, he had just rejoined. But yeah, it is a little weird that he just got swept off without any sort of further addressing it, except that Jesse is like, he tested positive. And then like an hour later, they're like, and he won't be joining us anymore. <laughs> and like, is this an opportunity to be like, we're so sorry you got COVID on our production. Like, how are yeah. you doing now? At least like mention it again. You right. talked to him like 14 times over the course of this episode. Um, But at least we know now there was COVID on the ship. Apparently everyone was getting it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just people, people were getting <laughs> COVID on the ship. <laughs> So glad that we are all going back to normal. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Tyler. Tyler is here and he does not get the future Bachelor edit whatsoever. Which he, t Tyler has like when he took his shirt off in Bruges, he surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that in the build of a bachelor. Like, I was like, hello, we've we've been sort of amiss in really getting some good abs out of our bachelors. So I. I was like, yeah. I appreciate this. And it, yeah, he just seems like a sweet guy. Yeah. I don't know how much is there for this moment between him and Rachel because he seemed like he bounced back fine. Yeah, he just was really on board with this, with this breakup in the <laughs> end. Um, she, uh, Rachel says that she knew the importance of family to him and she just like couldn't get to the level she needed to be. She thanks him for their time, cherished every moment. And Tyler says it was tough, but I think you did everything perfectly and with class. <laughs> well, the, Gabby and Rachel keep being like, we made mistakes. And I'm like, where? Yeah, um, I honestly don't think that they made any mistakes. Right. Unless it's coming and like 
the fantasy suites in the final two just completely blows up, which may be what happening yeah. based on the the, the previews. Yeah. But I don't think Gabby and Rachel made that many mistakes. I would say that like so many Bachelorette seasons are testaments to the fact that like so much is out of the control of the lead, actually, because you will have a lead who just does everything perfectly and everything still goes to hell. And then yeah. if you have a bachelorette who's also chaotic, then things are really <laughs> off the rails. Um, they have, I think, done the absolute best they possibly could. And Tyler agrees. Gabby then addresses Nate. She's like, you're a leader for all the men in how well you treat women, which, again, I'm interesting like, phrasing. Just yeah, say it how seems well you pointed. Me. <laughs> yeah, it seems a little pointed. He says they had a great friendship that led into a great relationship. They really evolved from friendship into a relationship over the course of like one one on one date. Really incredible, <laughs> incredible speed. Yeah. Um, I too had a relationship that started with a great friendship. We met at a party and then we went on a date. And between that first meeting, which was a friendship <laughs> and the date, romance, you romance, know, quite blossom. quite an evolution. It's so important <laughs> to start as friends. Um and he says that she handled everything with class and the way that they ended things was beautiful because you know how momentous meeting my daughter would have been. Everything that Gabby and Nate say about Nate just feels so shady <laughs> this episode. Um, and he's like, I still adore you. Um, and it's also like we're talking about going to Naperville, my guy. Like we're not this isn't going to be a romantic trip. <laughs> Like it would be monumentous yeah. how important it would be to go. Like you're, we're talking about Naperville, Illinois. Well, she'll live. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she'll, she'll be okay. Yeah. Um, and now it's time for bloopers. I wrote, this is the most threadbare feeling mental all in history. <laughs> We've just had like 15 minutes of conversations. I simply could have done without. Yep. The bloopers are of course, mostly bugs attacking them as, mm -hmm. as they always are and everyone's smelling each other's armpits yeah like full face in the armpit not just like hey give me a hug can you can you smell me like yeah. full face in a bare armpit yeah which they has been a theme that was also part of rachel's date the pheromone date i was like they yeah. took this really to heart yeah they were like it's never really occurred to me I don't want to be in a meatball situation where someone <laughs> smells my pit and they almost pass out um Gabby farts during confessional you know classic stuff and then Jesse says like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get and I'm like I do it's always so many bugs attacking them during yeah. confessionals <laughs> And now something I really didn't expect. Billy Eichner and Luke McFarlane, stars of the upcoming feature film, Bros. This was so long. So it just <laughs> kept then, going. And then there was more of it because it was over the credits. Yeah, it just like, they were just like, this is now going to seamlessly transition into a screening of Bros. Right. I, I was not prepared for how long this lasted. They definitely could have fit a rose ceremony into what they could have cut from this. Yes. Um, Luke McFarland, uh, one of the stars, is familiar to me from being in about 30% of the Hallmark Christmas rom-coms that I have ever seen. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. I wonder where he came from. He's <laughs> very good looking and like a sturdy man. 
<laughs> he is very handsome. And uh, he, if you look at his IMDb, the last like five movies are like Jingle in the Snow, like a Christmas love, a Christmas wish, a snowman love. Yeah. So I was like, I, I thought he <laughs> had a great. Like- he did have a great energy like yeah. on this segment when he came out and he was like, lots of ankles out here and <laughs> yeah. not a lot of socks. And Gabby being like, I love an ankle. I was like, oh, this is they if they had like a bros date where they like took them on like a group date with some of the guys and they were there. That That's what they should have done. Sense because it would have been fun to see them interact. Um, but just having them sit there and kind of review clips was a bit much because some of the clips we'd seen all like we talked about already, yeah. we'd seen already. Yeah, this was I think they they definitely missed a chance to have them do a group date. I think that would have been really fun. They were both pretty funny. They had good chemistry with with the leads, and I definitely did not need to see their takes on any of these no. clips. I I would have loved Billy Eichner to go to each man and stare them in the eye and then say one of them will turn out to be gay again. Yeah. That would have been a powerful moment in an episode full of witchcraft. Yeah. To predict another coming (laughs) out would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Jesse asked him about his appearance on Colton season when he famously asked Colton if he was gay because, of course, he was the virgin bachelor. And (laughs) Jesse's like, you're like a modern day Nostradamus. (laughs) Um, so show us, do it again. That would um, be great. We do get a trailer of Bros, which um, Billy says is the first gay rom com from a major studio. And Joel Kim Booster and the cast of Fire Island are just fuming right now. Yeah. They're like, we might not be from a major studio, but like, we're a big deal. Um, he's like, this is from the same team that made Forgetting Sarah Marshall. So it really could be the funniest movie of the year. <laughs> I'm excited for bros. I love a rom-com. It looks cute. I'm not. Yeah. I love hearing Jesse try to explain how you know that a movie will be good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it does look good. I will watch it. They do play clips of footage from the show and have Billy and Luke say whether it's a dating do or don't. The only moment here that stood out to me is that Billy and Luke. Uh, tell the guys that stuffing your speedo is a don't because if the date goes well, they'll find out that it's not real. Good advice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we do also get a moment where Gabby and Mario talk about the first kiss and how everyone on Twitter just ruthlessly mocked them for how awkward it looked. And they were like, but it seemed nice to us. We had a nice time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it did like they replayed it? I was like, wow, that was incredibly awkward looking. Yeah, just it. It was a very like fifties movie kiss where like no one's head is moving, our yeah. mouths aren't really open. It's, it's like just... the haze code; they have to keep like pulling away so that it yeah. doesn't last too long, and they go back in <laughs> for a little bit more. <laughs> um, their bodies are ten feet apart. Yeah, and then at the end, uh, Meatball gets a special gift. Um, as we all remember, Meatball poured jarred pasta sauce on his on his naked body for a performance challenge on the show. And Billy brings out a gigantic jar of pasta sauce for Meatball. And Gabby shouts, take his clothes off. And the men all start 
springing up and like ripping his clothes <laughs> off him. Everyone's chanting meatball. It's like the bloodlust is real. The, I felt like I was watching Yellow Jacket. The funniest part was how much Jesse did not want this to happen. Jesse <laughs> was so mad. He's like, I can't believe this is happening. We're not doing this. I do not want this. He literally just goes, I do not want this to happen. He's like doing like the cut it motion. He's like has his head in his hands. He's pre But I was like, this is the Jesse I want. That's like, this is a mess. This is a nightmare. I do not want to smell sauce all day. I have PTSD from the last time. Yeah. It the, was amazing. I will never be able to eat spaghetti. Not never, but maybe it'll be another few weeks. Until yeah. I can <laughs> sever that association. I think that's what Jesse's feeling right now. At this point, there are still six minutes. Um, meatball covered in tomato sauce has tackled Billy to the ground. It feels like they should just be going to credits at this point, but there Get is still more. <laughs> Get some roses from the ceiling. We're good. <laughs> when we return from commercial, Meatball is clothed again, still tomatoey around the collar. They've wiped him up. This is when Jesse very earnestly leans forward and tells Gabby and Rachel that he hopes they know just how proud of them he is. Such a weird thing to hear from another adult. He's <laughs> growing into like his friends that you're not like friends with. I know. Well, something that Emma and I have been saying is like, oh, Chris Harrison used to be so paternal with the Bachelorettes. And it's sort of nice how Jesse is more just like, well, I'm your pal who's here. And he's like, no, it's time for me to level up. I am their daddy now. And I'm so yeah. proud that they graduated from high school. And I didn't watch Jesse's season. Did he have like a fuck up of a season that he's he like? Did. This, yeah, that to me, it sort of was like, I did a bad job. <laughs> And you did a good job. So I'm just amazed that he's someone like, can do a good job. He's like, at no point did you call the wrong person's name during a rose ceremony. And I just can't imagine how you didn't do that. Yeah, there we go. Um, and at this point, at least we get a teaser for the finale. And he promises one of the craziest endings ever. It just looks ominous. Lots of threatening music lots of sobbing. Everyone is feeling blindsided and betrayed. It seems like things are going to go wrong with Zach and Jason and possibly Eric. Yeah. And possibly Tina. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be left? Yeah. I, I, I would wonder how long everything took to film because it just seems like the, the it feels like we're speeding toward the end and people aren't like prepared. And it seems like nobody it doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything bad. They're just like, oh, shit, we are here now that I'm freaking out, which is yeah. understandable. But then when you have Gabby and Rachel who went through such a traumatic final part of the season, you just want it to go smoothly. Yeah. I just want, I just want it to coast into home here, but that's yeah. not going to happen. And I think but one of the, the hands that you see is also sort of a caramel color holding a ring. So I feel like maybe mm -hmm. Avon makes it to the final, two. makes it to the final. Cause it, the, I like, because he's the only person with darker skin and they yeah. and to me that feels like a like an error to show that they, the only, that they showed a the only person with different color yeah. skin holding a ring unless but they also so show Zach being like after fantasy suites like everything changed like I feel like so hurt or whatever and so I'm <laughs> certainly based on that not feeling confident that Zach is making it to final two right so I know I did clock that and I was like, huh, look yeah. at this little little Easter egg for us. Yeah, I'm going to guess that the final two would be 
not Johnny, Mm-mm. but also not Jason. So now I'm thinking that maybe Gabby's ends early and she's left I, with just Eric. Yeah, I think we're that's what I think is happening for Gabby. And it might be like, we're not going to do a proposal. We're just going to like yeah. continue to date maybe. And, and that Rachel gets the but they both end up with somebody, which would be great. Yeah, I I feel like they both based on media appearances have seemed like they ended up with someone. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope that things work out for the best. And that brings us to the end of this grab bag of an episode. Ali, thank you so much <laughs> for joining me for this extremely confusing turducken. What a whirlwind. Content. <laughs> <laughs> really was. I kept it kept like fucking us up and putting us down in a new place. And I was like, where are we? <laughs> um, and uh, please let our listeners know where to find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at WT Flanksteak. You can check out my recaps of this season on Vulture.com and as well watch Last Week Tonight on HBO and HBO Max and YouTube. And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. This time it's just what I love and hate to see, so pretty excited about this. Love to see it first. I love to see Salem. I've actually never been there and I think I want to go now. The show continues to be really good at promoting the various tourism boards of its destinations. I also love to see Avon's parents putting aside what sounds like a difficult divorce to support him together and actually being a very welcoming and supportive space for, for Avon and Rachel, which has not been the case during every hometown date this season. We didn't mention this, but I kind of love to see Nate's green suit. Most of the looks from the men during Men Tell All were pretty staid, and we didn't see as much adventurous fashion, but I love a suit in a non-traditional color. I love to see the men competing to see who could drop the most lessons about feminism during the taping, even though they weren't always the most uh, nuanced or controversial or groundbreaking. They were really making an effort, and I love to see that. Also, did love to see the men apologizing for their bad behavior very, very intensely, because men should always apologize. I love to see Rachel and Gabby back on screen together, hugging, squealing, talking each other up, just giving us that BFF energy again. I've been missing it. And now, hate to see it. I hated to see Roby's blonde hair. I'm sorry, platinum is not for everyone. It's quite a harsh look, and it wasn't working for me. Also, hated to see Spencer's goatee. He's so cute without it. That's just my preference. I hated to see the major villains of the season just not coming, giving us all these sort of limp segments where the men talk shit about them without any pushback. It just drained a lot of the tension out of this episode. I also hated to see these vast expanses of filler, including significant segments that were just promo or like Virgin Voyages or a movie. They like they could have just shown the rose ceremony. That irritated the crap out of me. We had 45 minutes left to go, and I was like, I just want this to be over. I also hated to see Jesse Palmer trying to be Gabby and Rachel's dad all of a sudden. Like, don't tell them you're so proud of them. Like, they're your 
your daughters who just graduated college or something. It's, it's not a vibe that I like from the host and I didn't like it when Chris did it and I would like Jesse to not try it. I also hated to see Meatball blinding himself with a giant jar of tomato sauce. I just, it's put me off red sauce for the moment. And that, that makes me sad. And now we've got to rate this episode on its BFF energy out of 10 friendship bracelets. Hmm, I'm going to give this episode a 7 friendship bracelets. So much of Gabby and Rachel on the couch, gushing about each other, squealing over each other, saying they could never have done it without each other. They were coordinating outfits. They definitely, like, planned to look ahead of time, like a bachelorette party or something. And even the men were sort of romancing out, too. Um, it was a very low-conflict men tell all and gave us a lot of the two bachelorettes talking about their friendship so this this like really rocketed us back up to an early season level rating on bff energy and that's it for love to see it with emma and claire thanks to our guest ali barthwell love to see it is produced by us claire fallon and emma gray and stitcher this episode was edited by Tamika Leatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Habib, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please follow us, rate us five stars, and leave a review. And of course, tell all your friends about our show. These are all things that can really help the show grow and find new listeners. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. You can find our newsletter rich text on Substack at ClaireandEmma.substack.com. Emma is also on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose, and I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back for Gabby and Rachel's Fantasy Suites. Stitcher. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.